0: Geekville Radio, those days have come and gone. Welcome once again, all you Geeks and Geekettes, this is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the Mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with another solo show. I promised I was going to do the show a few days back. We're going to look at some of the movie trailers that have hit within the past couple weeks. Unfortunately, myself and Train have not had enough time to collaborate in this holiday season to do a proper two-man show, so I'm just going to fly solo here, and we'll dive through some of the big trailers here. Arguably, the biggest and most anticipated one is actually one that's the shortest, and that would be... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. As of this recording, the trailer came out about two weeks ago. And as expected, we got footage of a young, or should we say middle aged indie. They definitely used the de aging technology to get Harrison Ford the way he looked in the 1980s. And it's presumably from a scene that takes place during World War II. And one of the things that hit me when I saw that part of the trailer seeing him in a German uniform. I do remember going back to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They mentioned that he did work for the U.S. government during World War II. And if you are familiar with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles from the early 90s, that depicted him in World War I as well. So that means Indiana Jones is a World War I veteran and a World War II veteran. And who knows, he may have done something for Korea after that, but... Why that was one of the first things that jumped, jumped out at me, uh, I, I don't know. But I guess I just noticed such things. But the trailer finally arrived. Uh, we see Harrison Ford in the trademark Hat and Whip circa 1969. We do see the return of the great John stavies as Sala because it seems like he's coming forth to hopefully call Indy back to action one last time. We also see scenes of him giving lectures, much like he did in the original Raiders of the Lost Ark, kind of a throwback to that. We see him riding horses, trying to catch bad guys. We also see another throwback to Raiders of the Lost Ark where he throws the whip around to try to scare off some guys only to see that they're all armed. Kind of a play off the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene with the guy with the sword trying to come after him and he he just shoots him. It also kind of reminded me of a scene from The Chuck Norris film, uh, Code of Silence, with Dennis Farina, where a couple of criminals try to hold up a bar, and it turns out it's a cop hangout, and they pull their guns out, and then all of a sudden they got 20 cops with guns on them. Something similar to that. But another visual that also jumped out at me was a scene of Harrison Ford running through the streets with some mid-to-late 60s automobiles, and it just reminded me of the poster from... 1993's The Fugitive. Hard to believe that movie's 30 years old now, but you'd see him in almost the same pose uh, running through traffic. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but we got very little as far as plot in this trailer. All we know is it's called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I know there's a lot of speculation out there that this is going to have something to do with time travel. I'm not really sure why Indy would fit in with time travel but i didn't think he would fit in with aliens either and they did king of the crystal skull and for for the record i'm not as down on crystal skull as some of the other fans are it wasn't the best raiders of the lost ark's still going to be the best indie movie ever made i think and the others have been good just just not as good as the original but i'll probably before this movie comes down comes out i'm going to watch the other four just just to kind of get into the mood there is the rumor that the woman is turning out to be his daughter which would mean he'd have two estranged children now that he didn't grow up with not exactly a a sign for fatherhood there and there's the talk that she might replace him for future movies that's what we thought Shia LaBeouf was going to do in Crystal Skull and there's also the rumor that we may see Indy die in this movie. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I don't want to say it's a spoiler because I don't know, but that's been the rumor for the last year plus. And that would be disappointing, not just because they will have killed off Indiana Jones as well as Han Solo. It's that we had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles in the early nineties, which clearly depicted a very old Indy, 90 some years old in the late eighties, early nineties. And I get that they can do that. I mean, they I can choose whatever they want to be canon or not. Lord knows how many Halloween movies there have been that have changed continuities. But it would be disappointing. So here's the hope we have Indy live through the end of this movie. I don't care whether there's time travel or not. If there is, I just hope there's a good reason for it. But one of the things that keeps me hopeful about this is James Mangold as, as director. I think if you're not going to have... Spielberg himself at the helm that Mangle is a perfect guy to do the movie, especially if this is going to be the last one, because you look at the movies that this guy directed. He did Logan. He did the Wolverine. He did Walk the Line. He helped do the screenplay like he did with a lot of those movies. So this is a guy who is very good at writing and creating epic movies. Dramas with big on action and big on emotion. So I actually do believe that this is going to be a very good entry in the series, whether it's the last one or not. And I think it's probably going to be a lot better than Crystal Skull. Like I said, I I have no quarrel with Crystal Skull. I didn't have the beef with it that some of the other fans have had. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny hits theaters on June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. So we have almost exactly six months to wait before we see if any of my predictions here are right. So with that, we will move on to our next trailer. Marvel released the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The third and likely final outing for the MCU adventurers has the usual eclectic musical vibe and a few callbacks to the first film from 2014. Again, eight years already. Wow. It was delayed for years due to the infamous firing of James Gunn... ...shortly after the release of the second film... ...as well as the COVID-related production delays. The trailer clocks in at just about two minutes... ...and is set to In the Meantime by Space Hog. So for some of you 90s rockers, that's probably a nice treat. It also gives us a couple of first-time looks at a few characters... ...namely the High Evolutionary, Lady Lila, and of course Adam Warlock. Now if you're not familiar with any of these characters... Here's a rundown. The High Evolutionary, played by, and I'm afraid I'm going to butcher his name, Chukwudi Uji. My apologies if I butchered that. He's a villain who debuted in the comics over 50 years ago. He's a scientist obsessed with evolution and accelerating the evolutionary process. His experiments caused the boosting of his own intelligence far beyond a normal human. So he's one of those guys with the super intelligence, human computer type stuff. He also created and experimented on human-animal hybrids. Now, even if you haven't read the comics and you don't know the history, you may be able to figure out what this is leading to. And yes, he's the guy that created Rocket Raccoon. Now, another one of his creations is Lady Lila. And Lila, the aforementioned otter, has a romantic history with Rocket in the comics. Yes, they do have a, a romance. They rebelled against the high evolutionary and escaped now whether this will be the same in the movie or not remains to be seen but we do see high evolutionary in the trailer it's very possible that rocket and lila will lead that rebellion whether it's in flashback or whether it's at the end of the film i tend to think this is going to be the climax of the film the the third act so to speak rocket returns and rallies the troops with lila and more on that later Last but certainly far from least is Adam Warlock. He was teased in the MCU going way back to the post credit scene in Thor Dark World and in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. He's one of those that can be called like a, a cosmic level powered villain. I think of characters like on the level of Captain Marvel or Silver Surfer or even Thanos himself. It was the high evolutionary that gave him the name Warlock. And he actually played a huge role in the comic version of the Infinity Gauntlet stories, because I read the Infinity Gauntlet back in the early 90s when it, when it came out, and he often referred to Thanos as his brother. Now, given that the MCU's Infinity Saga is over, and at least for now, Thanos is gone, I don't know if they will do all the resurrecting in future movies like they've done in the comics, because just about everybody in comics has died and come back at some point in time. But we don't know what role Adam will ultimately play. Given high evolutionaries in the movie as well, it's a pretty safe bet that Warlock will be loyal to him in the beginning. And again, towards the end of the movie, maybe he rebels and turns good by the time it's over. We do see the Guardians arriving in Manhattan. At least it looks like it's the Guardians because it's the ship that they had in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. And we do see them landing on Earth. And if you look closely, this is one of those things you might see more clearly in a movie theater screen. But on a TV screen, maybe not so much. If you look closely, you do see that all of those cars are very old. This looks like something out of the mid-80s. Because I don't care what anybody thinks, nobody is driving an AMC Pacer in the year of our Lord, 2023. But we also see that apparently the same suburban city seems to be populated by human-animal hybrids, much like we were talking about with Rocket and Lila before. Or maybe it's just the world's largest furry convention. I suppose that's possible, too. And that funny scene of Drax uh, pelting the, the child critter with a uh, basketball, I thought was pretty funny. We also see the Guardians in much more colorful spacesuits, inspecting what looks to be the galaxy's largest intestine. Given all their colors, I don't know if they're supposed to represent like Captain Planet elements or, or whatnot. We see the back of the High Evolutionary's head in, in what may become his trademark helmet and mask because he really doesn't show himself too much as far as his face in the mask. We also see a lot of Gamora and Gamora back with the Guardians. So it looks like she does make contact again with them because... Early in the trailer, when you see the Guardians walking through their ship, they got their nice, snazzy, matching uniforms. Gamora isn't there. We see Nebula, we see Mantis, we see Drax, and we see Groot. We probably don't see Rocket because he's too short. But you see them later when they're all in their orange kind of prison-looking suits, and it looks like Drax has been shot. Gamora's with them. I think it's very possible but maybe... Gamora happened to wind up in this same spot and that's how they meet i'm not sure she would have chased them down i think this might be a case of they all just accidentally wound up in the same prison we do see rocket laying on the ground looks like there's a lot of bullet casings around him or i don't know maybe it's rodent rodent food but he's clearly hurt talking about one last flight we do see nebula looking very happy she's like screaming and partying my only guess is she'd probably bet on Argentina for the FIFA World Cup, and we also see a very scared, sad, whatever you want to call it Peter, very emotional, getting worked up. It almost looks like he's sitting over a uh, a bedside. I think one of the guardians is going to die. Could be more than one because if this is going to be the last movie, we don't know for sure whether it is, but I think it's a pretty safe bet it's going to be if I had to pick, and this is just one man's prediction. I'm not saying this based on reading any spoilers or anything like that. I think it's also connected to the scene of rocket laying on his back there. I think rocket's dying in this movie and he's probably the one that would get the most re- emotional response out of anybody out of the audience. Cause everybody loves rocket. And we do towards the end of the trailer, finally see Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, He's another guy that's adding a lot of geek cred to his resume since he's the Joker in the, some of the DC movies. We also see Mantis crying. Could be Rock, it could be the same death, it could be more than one. We know she kind of had the friendship with Drax. Maybe Drax is, is buying it too because, let's face it, I love Dave Bautista as much as the next guy, but he's in his mid-50s, I think. I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep looking like Drax, I don't know, I suppose they they could CGI him, you know, put bigger muscles on him. But you also see one of the final shots, all of the Guardians walking through, superhero team style, probably in slow motion, all walking, not looking at the burning residue around them. And they're all there. You see Gamora there, you see Nebula, Mantis, Rocket, and all that. That's probably, I think, just my opinion. That's kind of the buildup or the entry into the third act of the film. That's that's the part where they're going to be like, oh, okay, stuff's about to go down, and then we probably get some of the high action after that. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three hits theaters on May fifth, twenty twenty three. So almost two months before Indiana Jones hits. I'd also like to talk about the new Super Mario Brothers movie trailer. We did see a teaser a couple months back which focused mainly on Bowser and him taking over the Mushroom Kingdom. But this is a full trailer. You know, I think this is more than just a teaser. I think we do get a bit of what the movie's about. First off, I think the animation in this is spot on. This is exactly what a Mario movie should look like. I know I can't prove it, but I've been saying for like 10 or 15 years that I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't done a CGI Mario movie by now because the technology is perfect for it. This looks so much like the game come to life, but this time around we get, we not only get a whole lot of Mario, but we also get Luigi, Donkey Kong, Princess Peach, and we even get some Mario Kart. And we get a little bit more of Chris Pratt as Mario. And I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I know people said they should have hired the voice actor from the games, and anybody who knows me knows that I adore voice actors. I am quite a fan of voice actors and being able to figure out if I can tell who's voicing this and who's voicing that. That said, Mario in the games doesn't really talk that much, and, and it's so much of the stereotype, it's, and I know I'm going to do a bad impression here, but... It basically comes down to, so you want the entire movie to sound like this? Uh, oh, boy, we're going we're gonna to be going in this and taking the two the King up. You know, I think that would annoy more people than it would entertain, quite frankly, because as Train and I have said for years on this show, the people that are the hardcore gamers, the people that love the games, that's going to be a, a small margin compared to the people who will just go to see the movie. The people who go to see the movie, I mean, I'm sure maybe they've played a couple Mario games here and they really know who the characters are, but I doubt they're going to be as hooked on the specific voice actors as the hardcore fans are. And let's face it, we, the hardcore fans, we're going to go see the movie anyway, so they're not going to make the movie for us. They're going to make the movie for what they think will attract the biggest audience. That's why they make movies like this. But what I saw, I think looked fine. I mean, you, you do see a little bit of it with Mario charging into Donkey Kong on that gladiator stage or whatever saying, you know, let's go. So I can take or leave Chris Pratt as Mario. I, I don't hate it. I don't like, I don't love it. The door's still open. The jury's still out on that. I guess I'll have to wait till I see the movie. But I see why they chose him because Chris Pratt has comedic timing and you are going to need that in a Mario movie. There's got to be a good chunk of comedy in a Mario story. Now, that said, after saying I could take or leave Chris Pratt, Jack Black as Bowser is freaking genius. He, He is absolutely the perfect choice for this. And the fact that we get throwbacks to Original levels with like the big floating platforms and the cheap Cheeps jumping out of the water, and Mario in the flying raccoon costume. A lot of raccoons in movies this summer, apparently. You know, the fire flowers, looks like we get the warp zone. And of course, at the end, we get the big tease of all the Mario Karts on that rainbow highway. I don't know if there'll be any other trailers. I actually kind of hope there are. I wouldn't mind seeing some of the other characters get showcased in a trailer, but it Super Mario Bros. warps into theaters on April 7th, 2023. Again, Chris Pratt is Mario, Charlie Day is Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, and we also got Carrie Payton as the Penguin King. And somehow Carrie Payton as a penguin just... Has me at hello. That's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Geekville Radio. Looking at the trio of trailers, you might say. Indiana Jones and the trio of trailers with Indie, Guardians 3, and Super Mario Brothers. We are coming to the end of 2022 here. Lots in store for 2023. I want to thank you folks for being with us for the year. Or if this is your first time listening... Welcome. We are Geekville Radio. You can find us at com, where you can subscribe to the platform of your choosing. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. You can find us. Just do a search for Geekville Radio. And you'll find us and all of the shows in our podcast family ranging from Examining the Doctor, where myself and Mark Short talk Doctor Who we got Examine of the Dead, where Train and I talk horror. We have the lesser-known Geek Call of Fame and Nostalgia Trip, which deals with a lot of nostalgia and geek characters that you may not know offhand, but who also played an important role in the development of comics and superheroes and such. And, of course, we have Classic Wrestling Memories, which is for the old-school wrestling fan. If you want to contact us, the... Social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all Geekville Radio. We have an email, show at Geekville Radio. You can write us there. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. I mean, I always like looking at feedback as long as it's genuine. So as I say, the only thing I ask is just be honest with whatever feedback you have. So I'm going to shut down the power here in the Geekville Radio studios. We'll talk to you folks soon with some year-end stuff and, of course, a lot more fun to come in, in the world of geekery in 2023. So we'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.